everyone. Welcome to the Horror Geek Podcast. I'm your host, Horror Geek Mel, and with me is my co-host, Justin Corbett. So we're on to the second episode of our all-new podcast. For those of you who don't know us, I'm the owner and editor-in-chief of HorrorGeekLife.com. And I'm one of the writers and reviewers at HorrorGeekLife.com, as well as a contributing editor. Our site covers all things horror, geek, and gaming. So with that being said, let's jump into a few things that we covered over the last week. Our latest reviews for the multiplayer video game, Dead by Daylight. Dead by Daylight has been out on PC for quite a while, but it's just been released for Xbox One and PlayStation 4. So, how did it do? Well, our reviewer gave it two and a half out of five stars, and he did a really good job of breaking it down into the things he enjoyed and didn't enjoy about the game. Uh, Some of the negatives were that there was not enough variety in the gameplay. Basically, you only had two things you could do, stock the generators, or there was two objectives. There was no in-game chat. You had to rely on party chat, which is extremely annoying for this type of game. Um, Some of the things that he did enjoy were that there were a nice variety of characters and killers, and that they all had their own strengths and weaknesses. So everything was a little bit customizable, which is kind of nice. The biggest plus for the game is that there's a Michael Myers DLC pack coming in August for the consoles. And I think that's what people are going to be most drawn to is getting the opportunity to play as Michael Myers. Yeah, absolutely. Justin, have you played this? I have not. No, I haven't either. So I, I got sucked in, of course, to Friday 13th, the game. And a lot of people are comparing Friday the 13th and Dead by Daylight because the gameplay mechanics are kind of the same. Mm-hmm. I think with the DLC pack coming out in August, the chance to play Michael Myers, and I believe there's even a map from Haddonfield and uh, a survivor of Laurie Strode. I think the DLC is only going to be around 7 bucks because that's what it is on PC. So that's kind of a big incentive to pick it up. Yeah, I mean, the opportunity to play as Michael Myers doesn't come around every day, right? Absolutely. And I mean, how amazing is it that within the same year, we're able to play Jason Voorhees and Michael Myers? That's incredible. <laughs> now we just got to wait for Freddy to come around and Chucky. <laughs> They'll have their moments, I think. <laughs> they probably will. Hopefully Freddy has a better moment than what he had before because that game was insanely hard. So <laughs> we'll see. I remember. <laughs> So this is our second episode, and for the second week in a row, we are reporting a loss for the film industry. Two Two losses. So the first is uh, Chester Bennington. Of course, he was the frontman for Lincoln Park. He also had some roles in a few films, but um, that one really hit hard. And our head editor actually wrote an editorial about Chester Bennington and his music and how it really got him through some tough times. You can find that on our website, but... Uh, That one really hit hard for a lot of people. Even if you weren't necessarily a fan of the band, it really seems like people were in mourning for it either way. Well, he had kind of a tragic life. I mean, he went through a lot when he was a kid and kind of haunted him throughout his entire adult life as well. Um, But yeah, I think his music came about at a time when a lot of people were looking for that type of music to turn to, to get them through some tough times. Because I mean, I was in high school when Linkin Park first came out with Hybrid Theory, and it was definitely an album that had an impact on me. So, I mean, even though I've lost touch with the band, it's still sad for me to find out that the lead singers passed away. I agree completely. And the same for me is, you know, I I used to be a huge fan. I think I saw them in concert four times um, and I've kind of gone a different way with my musical taste, I guess, over the years. But at the same time, it was pretty devastating to hear about. So I agree. Um, The second is John Hurd, who is known for... Home Alone, 1 and 2, The Sopranos, which he was nominated for an Emmy for, um, the movie Big. He had so many credits under his name, and his face was just instantly recognizable, and uh, he passed away as well. 
Both of these were tragic losses for their fans, and they will definitely be missed. Yes, they will. Moving on to happier news. Uh, over the last week, of course, we had one of the largest pop culture conventions in the country, uh, which was the San Diego Comic-Con. Justin, what were your favorite moments from Comic-Con? Oh, there were so many. Uh, we got, well, the leaked Avengers trailer that hasn't been officially released yet, but there's a few people that have put it online. It looks amazing. Um, they announced the uh, upcoming Doctor Doom movie, which is being directed by the guy who made Legion, which I'm kind of have mixed feelings about because uh, I like Legion a lot, but like they've totally mistreated Doom ever since they've had him on screen. And uh, of course, the Justice League trailer looked really cool too. You know, I've never seen Legion. Oh, I still haven't. You need to watch Legion. It's really, really good. Yeah. I'm trying to get caught up on shows. I'm really, really behind. Um, so I, that is one show that, that I definitely want to check out. And I'm excited about all of those, too. And we're actually going to talk about some highlights from Comic-Con. But we're not going to talk about any of those that you just mentioned. <laughs> we're actually going to talk about a few other things. So okay. uh, the first thing is the Stranger Things 2 trailer. I'm really excited about that as well. Uh, Stranger Things was my favorite show of last year. It had a few really tough competitors for that pinnacle spot, but it was my favorite thing because I'm a kid of the 80s. You know, I grew up in that era. I love everything mm -hmm. about the 80s, and that movie is like the penultimate 80s TV show, rather. And they did it really well. It didn't feel like like really cheap references. It actually had some really great references that I think we were born around the same time in the early 80s. And it did have some references where you thought, oh, shit, this feels so legit. It really did. And I love the monster, and I loved what they did with Eleven and giving her telepathic abilities and... I mean, just everything about it. I love like the the tie-ins to the things of that era, like He-Man and D and D, and uh, like horror movies. I mean, there's so many nods to so many different things in the first season of Stranger Things, and this trailer for season two looks just phenomenal. I mean, Eleven comes back. We we knew that was going to happen. Uh, we, yes, we get to see this new monster, the Dodecahedron or whatever. It's you know this eight or ten armed monster that looks like you know Cthulhu or one of the elder gods from Lovecraft stories has come back to life. Of course, there's still the Demigorgon like wandering around or like a new one. Um, mm -hmm. All the characters we love from the first one are back. Absolutely. And Stranger Things 2 takes place right before Halloween in 1984. And I thought it was really cute that the kids were dressed up like Ghostbusters, which, of course, came out in the summertime of 1984. So that would have been really popular um, to have those costumes <laughs> that quickly that elaborate in 1984. I don't know if that is <laughs> quite doable, but it's, it's really fun on the list, right? It is. And sometimes you can su just suspend disbelief for that sort of thing. I mean, unless you really pay attention to the history and the timeline, you wouldn't even realize that's hard to make happen. I mean, most kids that watch stranger things today aren't going to even realize things don't quite line up there. <laughs> so, okay. So you've seen the, the trailer obviously. And in the beginning, they're in the arcade. Do you know the arcade game they're playing? Dragon's lair. Very good. <laughs> I love and it. And that would have been about a year, about a year old by then. So, yeah, it was fun that they started out uh, with Dragon's Lair in an arcade. And I loved how the Upside Down looked. Oh, yeah. It looked amazing. I'm, I'm really excited to explore more of the Upside Down, see what all that electricity was about in the first season, because we never really saw where that was coming from. Find out more about those eggs that Eleven stumbled across, like those little alien looking eggs. Uh, there's, right. there's a lot of mystery still 
to unravel. And uh, one of the things I loved about Stranger Things is that it left you with more questions than answers at the end. So let me ask you, whenever we put this trailer out, actually, the last few times we've put news out about Stranger Things 2, we've had a few people that will comment on our Facebook page um, saying that they're disappointed that the kids come back. And one person who uh, has commented a couple of times now has said that they are disappointed the kids come back because it feels safe because they don't believe anything will ever truly happen to the kids just like nothing bad happened in season one are you disappointed by that or are you good with it not at all um i mean they they left an obvious link for the kids to come back in season two when the right. the kid that went to the other side got impregnated or whatever with the black goo um <laughs> and uh i mean i don't really know what to call it but you know what i mean and uh you know he he was having those like sidesteps into the upside down and then coming back to reality. And I think that they set that up really well so that he could be the focal point of the second story. It didn't necessarily mm-hmm. have to be all of the same kids. I kind of thought maybe they would take it like he moved away. If you went through an experience like that, you probably wouldn't stay in the town you were in. Would you? I probably would not. <laughs> right. I no. kind of felt like season two was going to be them moved away and he was going to be the main main character still, but there was going to be a whole new cast of characters around him. I could have seen that happening, but that kid in particular had to stay in the storyline. I do like all the kids that were in the first season. So I'm not unhappy that they're back. I enjoyed all the characters. So I'm looking forward to more of it. Yeah, same here. I'm pretty excited about it. And of course, I love that they did a thriller themed, especially since it was supposed to be Halloween 1984. I thought that was really fun. And as soon as that started up, I just kind of got giddy. (laughs) I got extremely giddy. And I've watched it a few times now. It was so so well done. It's really easy to make a good trailer even for like a bad show or a bad movie. <laughs> but uh, I, I feel like... <laughs> we Stranger- know this well. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Stranger Things is going to deliver on some of the promises. And that trailer was just excellently put together. Yeah, I agree. And going on to another trailer that I loved so much. So I recently completely binge-watched uh, Westworld. Ooh. And once I started it... Have you seen it yet? Oh, yeah. I watched it as it okay. was airing. Oh, man. Once I started it, I just could not stop until I finished. I I think I took like two, maybe two and a half days to finish it. And it was the best first episode I've probably seen of of a show. I loved it so much. So when the season two trailer hit, I was all over it and I was not disappointed. What do you think of it? I loved it. Uh, There was a lot of things in there to like. The Man in Black is back. Dolores is a badass now. Just riding around on a horse, gunning people down. Looks so cool. How amazing was that shot kind of towards the end where she's just on the horse and she's just gunning down the guests? I know. It was incredible. And then, of course, you got mm-hmm. Bernard, who looks like he's kind of taking control of the park again. And he's riding with like the SWAT soldiers and stuff. I guess he's become self-aware and somehow made himself the leader of the park again, which is kind of cool. Spoiler alert, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. One of the things so, that, one of the things I didn't like is that we didn't see more of the samurai type things that we saw at the end of the first season. I was really expecting season two of Westworld to be like a venture into Eastworld. Well, it could already be. Apparently, they've only been in production for a week. So that entire trailer is just from what they filmed in that first week. Okay. So really, we don't know where they're going. And you saw the dead tiger laying in the stream. So what what do you think that was? Um, and that definitely could have been a part of Eastworld. The tigers are, you know, native to Asian countries. And I feel like with all the samurai stuff we saw at the end, there's certainly the possibility that we're going to get exposure to all kinds of different worlds beyond just the cowboys and Indians motif that Westworld provides. So I'm really hoping that, uh, you know, they break through from that 
that world they're trapped in, at least Dolores and some of the more important main characters. And we could see them exposed to more cultures and like how they interact with different androids and everything. Right. And of course I constantly try to think like, I I don't try to, but I do think about four steps ahead. And so I already think to the end of the second season where I think, where does it go? Where, what are they going to do? Where are they going to go? If our favorite androids happen to live, permanently i mean what's going to happen to them and so I, i'm just really excited to see where they go with it yeah uh like i said stranger things was my favorite show of last year but westworld was a very close second so uh, now that i've seen it of course i saw it late but now that i've seen it uh westworld actually i didn't think anything could beat stranger things but uh westworld did so they're neck and neck i mean they're such good shows i think it depends on your mood too because you kind of have the the darker. I mean, Westworld is so much fun, but it's dark. It can be very dark. Um, where you know, Stranger Things is kind of more of a of a fun comfort show in a way. So yeah, I can kind of see that. Maybe it depends on my mood. So the last thing that we're going to talk about from Comic Con, which I am so excited about, I cannot even stand it, is Rocco's Modern Life reboot. We got a trailer for it. Have you seen that one? I have. Uh, I'm really yeah. excited for it. Rocco was always my favorite of the Nicktoons when I was growing up. Um, Mine too. So I'm I'm over the moon for this. I mean, it was so cool to see all the original voice actors come back, mm-hmm. to see Rocco dealing with modern technology in the modern world and still just getting trampled on like he always did. <laughs> and, uh, you know, seeking refuge in his house the same way he used to. I mean, there was just so much about the trailer I loved. And like in, in some ways, it reminded me of when the Simpsons movie came out. But in other ways, it, it seems like way better. <laughs> yeah, you know, well, okay, that can be a topic for another show. <laughs> my thoughts on the Simpsons movie, my love hate relationship with the Simpsons movie, because, <laughs> you know, I'm a huge Simpsons buff, but I know we'll, we'll set aside a whole episode for that. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I agree. I love that they, they kind of dropped it and he comes out and he, you know, oh, we're not in the 90s anymore. And you mentioned, the comparison to the Simpsons movie, well, this is not a television show that they're rebooting, but it's going to be a TV movie special. Um, I'm a little disappointed in that because I would love to see another run, but I would also not want them to make another series run and have it fly. they have to stretch it out. Yeah, I'd, so. I'd rather them fit just the content they want to within, you know, a quick hour and a half, two hour movie and just, uh, you know, make it as quality as it possibly can be. So I'm looking forward to this. I'd love to see some of the other Nicktoons come back too. like Real Monsters was a lot of fun. I think I would love to see a Real Monsters uh, movie or Angry Beavers. Do you ever watch Angry Beavers? <laughs> I didn't, you know, I never watched Real Monsters either. And they are rebooting Hey Arnold, but that's one I never watched either. Hey Arnold was okay. You would actually love Real Monsters, you know, considering what a horror buff you are, because it's all, you know, monsters and horror stuff. So I remember my brother watching it and I would be in the room, you know, when he was watching it sometimes and it just never grabbed me for whatever reason. But I'm trying to think of how old I was without making myself sound ancient uh, when Hey Arnold and Real Monsters and things like that came out. But it just kind of seemed like I was already they over were, it a little bit. They were second wave, I think. I think Rocco was in the first wave. So yeah. that, that's probably why. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I would love I would love to see Doug come back. Oh, Doug would be great. Yeah. And this isn't a Nicktoon, but Daria. Yeah. <laughs> and Beavis and Butthead. I mean, they came back for one season and it was amazing. I'd love to see him come back again. <laughs> Yes, that that is an all-time favorite. I agree with that. Yeah, so uh, we covered, Horror Geek Live covered a lot more, of course, uh, related to Comic-Con. We were busy, busy. 
this entire week, just covering as much as we could. And all of it just sounds amazing. I think we have a really, really fun uh, late 2017 and then 2018 to look forward to. Okay, so our next segment is going to be HGL Loves Indie. Uh, We support indie in every medium possible, and every week we just want to talk about an indie project that we love, whether it's in the early development stages of a crowdfunding campaign or it's already been out and we just want to call attention to it. Justin, do you have something to recommend? Uh, So this week we're going to talk about the comic book Black Suit of Death, which was created by Warrior Innkeeper Comics, uh, run by Benjamin Krieger and E.R. Ellsworth. Um, so this is a story of a college-age kid who loses his girlfriend, loses his job. He's about to flunk out of school. So he's really depressed, and he's dealing with depression and anxiety and a lot of these like mental issues that a lot of college kids struggle with. And he takes the more extreme route and decides he's going to kill himself. So he wanders out into the desert so far out that um, he can't ever like make it back to society before he dies. And he, he plans on just staying out in the desert and, and dying, which is actually like a pretty brutal way to go. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot less painful ways to take yourself out. So he's out in the desert and uh, a rainstorm comes and he has to take shelter because he's like not going to cook to death if rain's there. And when he hides in this cave, he finds this old army surplus box and he opens it up and finds the black suit of death which is this ancient alien technology for harvesting energy by killing people. And uh, he puts it on, and because he's depressed and because he's an angry kid and because he's been through so much, it kind of makes a symbiotic relationship with him. And he starts to go on a killing spree and basically take out initially everybody he wants to take out. But then as it moves along, he uh, kind of expands to like doing more good things for the world, I guess. So it's a lot of wow. fun. Yeah, I, I really like it. Um, it's a really great first issue. The second issue, they just got funded on Kickstarter a couple of months ago. So that should be coming out pretty soon. I know issue mm-hmm. one and the Ides of March, which is the prequel story, are both available on Comixology. And I believe they're available on their website as well, which is warriorinkeeper.com. Awesome. Well, thanks. I actually have not read that. I've heard of it, of course, but I haven't read it yet. So I will put that on my to read list. Cool. Yeah, you should. It's a lot of fun. Okay, awesome. So. Now is time for strange and unusual news. And uh, Justin, I believe you found us a few good stories. I always do, right? (laughs) You do. (laughs) Uh, So we have three different ones to choose from. Uh, You can find out about a family being awoken by something really odd. Uh, You can find out about some Ikea products that might burn down your house. Or you can find out about somebody in an Asian country having sex with a animal. Well, uh, I am actually shopping for new furniture at Ikea right now, so I think I want to go with that story first so that I know what I'm getting myself into. Customer claims metallic Ikea bowl set his grapes on fire. (laughs) According to a customer in Europe, Ikea sells bowls that can cook your food for you. Uh, Apparently, Richard Walter of Sweden claimed that he was sitting on his porch eating grapes out of Ikea's metal Blanda blank bowl when he suddenly recognized the smell of smoke. Uh, at first, he thought it was emanating from a neighbor's grill or from a local car or something like that, but he described the smoke as having a sharper scent than that of something from a barbecue. Looking down at his grapes, he noticed that they were smoldering, and uh, he quickly grabbed the bowl and realized it was hot to the touch. Couldn't figure out exactly why, but it turns out that the bowl is so shiny and bright that it'll actually reflect the sunlight at the same magnification as like a magnifying glass would if you're trying to burn an anthill. Uh, so he actually made a video, which is pretty cool of him taking a napkin and holding it over the bowl and the napkin burst into flames. So it's, it's a real thing. If you buy this bowl and just set it out in the sun, you know, you might accidentally burn down your house. Okay. So let's hear about the family. 
and what they awakened to. So a family was awakened by 15 pounds of sausage crashing into their roof. Uh, <laughs> a Florida family was jolted awake in the wee hours on Saturday morning and were startled to find 15 pounds of frozen meat had crashed onto their roof. They claimed it was like thunder and it awakened them from a deep sleep. Uh, when they went outside to investigate, they found two giant packages of frozen Italian pork sausage in the side yard of their home <laughs> and three more on the roof. Uh, apparently, they fell from above somehow. You know, they couldn't have been thrown from the ground because of how heavy they were. They think that it may have fallen from a plane and may actually be related to a drug deal. But after some investigation, because the boxes were marked Williams Land Service, uh, which belongs to a land management company in Alabama, they were not able to get any answers. The company couldn't explain how that meat landed on that family's house. Uh, because there should have been no airplanes transporting it that night. So it's still, it's like an unsolved mystery. Where did the sausage come from? <laughs> I, I got to admit, I mean, it's really funny, but at the same time, if that happened to me, it would drive me crazy not to know. I think it would drive me pretty nuts too. I mean, sausage falling <laughs> from the sky is a, a very, very strange thing to encounter. Here's the question. Did they get to keep it? Well, I'd imagine so. I mean, it's on their property. <laughs> If a sausage falls from the sky and lands in your yard, I imagine it's yours, right? Why would they think it's from a drug deal? Maybe there was cocaine in the sausage packets and they were, <laughs> you know, I, I really don't know. It's weird. There are so many things about this story that uh, I, I have questions about now. I'll, Way I'll more than I imagined. <laughs> I'll keep an eye out on the internet. And if there's a follow-up story where they explain where the sausage came from, I will be sure to take note of it. Yes, please do. We definitely need to follow up on that. I need to know where the sausage came from and if they got to keep it. Fair enough. Moving on to our third story. A vlogger was busted after a near-fatal sex act with a live eel. Um, oh. This happened in Zhejiang, China. Uh, apparently, China's National Office Against Pornography and Illegal Publications arrested a video blogger named Zhang Mumu, who's known <laughs> online as Kui Kui, following a broadcast in which the 20-year-old inserted a live eel into her vagina. The worst thing about this, though, is that upon entry, the slimy sea creature slithered even further into her body than it was intended to, and she actually had to have emergency surgery to no. get removed. No, 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 no. I think any female right now listening to this is crossing their legs. Probably so. I, have to say. I mean, it sounds it sounds pretty horrible to have like an eel inside of you. Oh my god! It, oh, oh, I have questions about this one too. So. Well, apparently, Watch for <laughs> apparently she posted photos and videos online, and I guess she was like Snapchatting this or whatever in China, and that's how the authorities found out about it. Because in China, this kind of stuff is completely, you know, frowned upon, and it's actually against the law to do any kind of pornographic type stuff there. So, inserting an eel into your vagina is probably <laughs> not going to fly. Oh my god, I, I can't even. Like I said, legs crossed. Yeah. Period. Lovely. Thank you. That is the second week that you have brought us a story about um, weird objects inside of a woman. So just, you're doing really great looking up for those stories. <laughs> Let's keep the trend going. <laughs> I can't wait to see what comes next week. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And moving right along. Um, so the next topic, our last topic actually is HDL recommends and we're just going to recommend something every week that will hopefully, that will hopefully bring some joy into your life. And, uh, I'll start here and my recommendation of the week are eels. Yeah. I was going to say, kidding. I was going to say Zing's <laughs> eel emporium down the street, you know, absolutely. It's not illegal uh, in the U S you know, <laughs> is it not? You, you need to check on that first. <laughs> I'm not sure actually. <laughs> I've never looked at those laws. <laughs> uh, but actually, my recommendation is Shudder. 
And Shudder is not anything new, but it's something that I think a lot of people still haven't checked out because it is another subscription. Um, I have it on to my Amazon Prime account. It's an extra $5 a month, and it is well worth it. I love the catalog. Um, You can get newer films like Rob Zombie's 31, We Go On, which I'm actually going to mention in a future episode, uh, Phantasm Ravager. You can also indulge on a few classics like Hellraiser, House, Children of the Corn, Sleepaway Camp, and the original Hills Have Eyes, which I just watched over the weekend. Um, for me, it is definitely worth the subscription price. And if you're looking to just binge out on horror old and new and in between, um, I would definitely recommend it. Cool. And you can start with the free trial. I've never actually used that service, but I imagine it's similar to like Netflix or something like that, right? Yeah, very much so. And it is all horror and uh, they even have some documentaries that are kind of hard to find on physical copy. So that's been really nice to be able to check those out about uh, Friday 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, The Shining, and so on. Very cool. Maybe I'll sign up for it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Well, for me, I'm recommending a book series from Patrick Rothfuss and uh, it's called The Kingkiller Chronicles but only the first two books have actually been released. And uh, the first book is called The Name of the Wind. And it's a very hard story to summarize. It's about uh, a boy who becomes an orphan because his parents are killed, and he learns how to use magic or what serves as magic in this land. And he's kind of a rebel, and he's kind of an outsider. But the thing about Patrick Rothfuss is like he takes a lot of fantasy tropes, and he likes to turn them on their head. So mm-hmm. he's one of those writers that if you pay very, very close attention to what's going on in the story, uh, you'll notice things that other people won't. And what things seem to be on the surface is usually not what they actually are. So there's been a lot of like reveals in the last couple of weeks and the last couple of months that uh, have really kind of like added new layers to the story. Um, the third book is supposed to be coming out very soon. It was announced that a movie and a TV series are both going to be coming out based on the story. Um, Lin-Manuel Miranda, the guy who did Hamilton, is actually mm-hmm. doing all the music and everything for the movie. So, I mean, he's got a big name attached there. He's just a fantastic writer. He's very, very close to becoming my favorite fantasy writer of all time. Like, I really, really like his books. So check out Name oh, of the wow. Wind. I think you'll enjoy it quite a bit. Oh, yeah. I'll definitely check that out. I haven't. I, I kind of vowed this year that I would read more actual books. And uh, I'll definitely have to put that on my list because I am falling behind <laughs> uh, on that uh, promise to myself. So okay, I think you'd really definitely. enjoy it. It's a great one. Great. Well, that about wraps up our second episode of the Horror Geek Podcast. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And, of course, we'll be back next week bringing you more horror, geek, and gaming. For more information about our podcast, you can check out horrorgeeklife.com and click on the podcast link. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Horror Geek Life. If you'd like to follow me on Facebook and Twitter, you can find me under Horror Geek Mel. And if you'd like to follow me, you can find me as at ComicalJC on both Twitter and Instagram. Great. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys.